0: Welcome to Coffee with Romina, this is your host Romina Tai, award-winning leader, negotiation and sales expert, and your new favorite podcaster. Each week we bring you inspiring stories from extraordinary people of diverse industries, sharing practical advice and tips on how to overcome career and personal obstacles, define your own success, and take charge of your own destination. Thank you for spending time with us today, now let the show begin. For tuning in to another amazing episode with Coffee with Romina, so I know for this one it is a little bit different because we have a guest that actually been on the yep, show. Yep, before. yep,
1: yep, 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 yep.
0: <laughs> so if you are one of our loyal listeners, you absolutely know exactly who I'm talking about. It's Bill. Hey, Bill. Back like
1: I never left. Don't call it a comeback. <laughs> but hey, I'm glad to be here. Glad to be here. Man, let's do this.
0: Yeah, so Bill actually uh, was the winner for the top 100 episodes. So out of all the episodes that we've done so far, yours is the most downloaded one. You guys haven't figured this out by now. He's super hyper on energy (laughs) because... Because
1: I've had enough caffeine to kill the average man twice.
0: Yeah, well, last time you had coffee, Turkish coffee and tiramisu. This time we didn't get you tiramisu.
1: No, but I I like feeling the, the palpitations of my heart. Uh, And I find the more caffeine I take, you know, the the better I can feel that. I'm sure that's a good thing. I'm sure there's a doctor listening who is concerned for my health, but we'll we'll continue.
0: (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Okay, well, first off, for people that haven't even listened to that episode, you guys, go ahead and tune back in so you get to know Bill's life story a little bit more, get to know what he's up to, what he's been doing. And how he got to that career, but let's do like a quick, like let's say like thirty to ninety seconds recap of yeah. how did your career bring you to where you are right now?
1: Well, so I, I guess I want to start this off right. Like you had me before, cause I'm I'm the guy that that figured it out, right? I I had it to where I started my own business and I was working like six days a month, traveling the globe, doing all the cool stuff, making the cool Instagram posts that you know make everyone jealous. And uh, you know since then. Like we talked last time in January and man, it was a, it was a bright future on the horizon last January and then COVID hit Yeah, and you know, I got to see my entire business evaporate. No one's traveling. I, I have to travel for work. Uh, no one's traveling. No one's doing anything other than hunkering down at their house, you know, to, to even where, Hey, it's starting to come back like October, like things are looking up. Oh, nope, let's just pull the rug right just
0: back. Just kidding, nope.
1: Right, so I had to get through all that, and now, you know, a year and some change later, I'm getting ready to hit the road again. Good. Right. Uh, hopefully I can do it the same, but a little smarter, because I did have a year to think about it and re-strategize and have to kind of do some things I didn't do before, because, you know, different climate, different everything else. I yeah. was blessed in a lot of ways, but, you know, once you have it all taken away from you... Then it really changes your perspective and changes your your thought process. So,
0: so a, a lot of people that I've interviewed throughout the COVID, a lot of times like business owners, they're like on a freeze mode because they're mm-hmm. like, I don't know what to do. There's no formula behind it. Yeah. Because you can have a mentor, you can have you know somebody to guide you if you're having financial issues with the business, productivity, you know, sales. Uh, there, you always have people, but like you don't really have nobody to go and be like, Hey, how do I handle a global pandemic? Nobody's around from the Spanish flu to be like, "Hey guys, like, what do you do about this stuff? How did you re-strategize and recalibrate your business so you wouldn't go negative? I would say, or if you went negative, like, how did you recoup up from it? Because that's a lot."
1: Well, I got to back up a little bit. So when I was here a year ago, I was I was looking at taking a break from being on the road. Okay. Uh, Full disclosure. I was looking at getting an RV and just living in an RV and traveling full time. That's uh, funny.
0: I was looking into RVs the other day. <laughs> as
1: opposed to 300 days a year. Like, yeah. let's get that extra 65 out of the year. Uh, so I was looking at RVs and I was ready to sign on the dotted line. I took my sister with me just so someone smarter than me was looking at me sure I wasn't being dumb. And uh, she said, you know, Bill, you're, you're never really in town, so I don't get to see you a whole lot. Once you get this RV, like, are you ever going to come back?
0: Like, when am I going to see you next? And that really
1: kind of hit me. And she said some other real thought-provoking questions because she's my big sister. And that's uh, that's that's her job in life, I yeah, guess. That's
0: what we do. To be
1: smarter than me and to ask me thought-provoking questions. So, you know, I, I thought about that real hard. I ended up not getting that RV on that day. And, you know, through what she had kind of asked me about what, where I wanted to go in life, especially, you know, now I'm, I'm in my 30s, barely, but, but, but in my 30s still. You know, what do I want to do in terms of family and kids and things like that? You know, the, the normal future, I guess. Um, thinking about that, I was like, okay, you know, let's let's take some time off. Mm-hmm. I was going to take six months off. Um, and as we were talking last time, I was, was going to, you know, go to Alaska for a couple months. So my plan was to basically stay in Jacksville, take some, some contract work locally, and then go to Alaska for a couple months and then kind of get back into the groove. COVID hit, everything on my calendar evaporated. Luckily, because I had taken a, a, a local contract, uh, I was already in Jacksonville, I was already working. Um, it wasn't one of my normal training kind of deals. I was running operations for a, for a global security uh, kind of firm. So I had like 100 guys under me, got to, got to really work the nine to five again, which reminded me how much I don't like that.
0: How did that feel? Because you've been out of the nine-to-five for quite some time. <laughs>
1: um, not good. <laughs> you know, when you, when you go from being the guy that gets to make all the calls and, you know, ultimately you're just answering to the client. I mean, the client is your boss. Don't yeah. get me wrong. But you get to call all the shots. Going back to then uh, an office kind of setting, nine-to-five setting, where you do have an HR department. You do have, you know, all these other players in this.
0: The ladder you have to go
1: through. it so, Right. Yeah. Right. And you see people make just awful decisions, you know, just poor leadership, poor examples. And it's like, how, how are you holding the guys accountable on this when you're, you're doing this? You're I doing mean, it. basic leadership stuff, but it's, it's one thing when you get to teach it and you can yeah. set things up to show these great examples and then diving right into what, what was kind of a broken place trying to fix it. And that's why I was brought in, um, and you see all this. But on the opposite side, it's like you know you're 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 screaming at this guy for this, but where was where's a write up? Where is some counseling? Like on paper, the
0: guidance. You
1: never helped this guy succeed, and I'm not willing to look at anyone and say they're a bad person or bad or or at anything, frankly. Uh, I think everyone's coachable, everyone's teachable and there might be a limit to that that you discover later on. but to have any kind of prejudgment on that, you're setting yourself up for failure. You're setting your guys up for failure. you know and ultimately you're not going to get anywhere without you know those guys that are working uh, with you and under you so
0: This show is sponsored by Sales Law of Average's online course. The course is a business development course teaching sales professionals and entrepreneurs how to master their sales funnel through sales and negotiation techniques. We all work hard on our leads, but unfortunately often fail to convert those leads to sales. Well, now you can say goodbye to those days. Order the course today at connectwithromina.com forward slash courses to get a deep discount. Receive access to over 40 videos, five hours of training material, and study even movie negotiation scenes today for just $79. Use the promo code ROMINA, which is spelled R-O-M-I-N-A at checkout. Again, the website is connectwithromina.com forward slash courses and use the promo code ROMINA, that's spelled R-O-M-I-N-A at checkout. Master your sales today. So how do you go because whenever on your business right now like you do the coaching, you help, you train and everything. Mm-hmm. But it would be groups at a time. How do you go having 100 guys under you under a pandemic? Mm-hmm. What is your internal process yourself to keep being positive, to keep being mo- to keep staying motivated? Because you are a person that have those skills, you know, have those ability. But you add the pandemic into the equation like did you use somebody as a as a help to like vent to or like okay, like what do I do? Like, how do I fix
1: this? Well, I, so I did have peers, and don't get me wrong. In the unknown, it's great to just shoot things back and forth all day long and, yeah. and just kind of play racquetball with ideas and thoughts because everyone's frustrated about the same stuff. I think one of the best qualities I have is that I don't dwell on stuff. I don't sit here and keep thinking about the negatives. I'm, one, looking for the positives. I'm going to spend my energy looking for the positive things and the opportunities as opposed to spending my energies kind of looking back at the past and being upset. Don't get me wrong. I love to analyze everything I do and say, how can I do it better next time?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Love doing that. But by the same token, if I'm always looking at new targets moving forward, it's much harder to get stuck in the muck that is behind you of what's happened. So as we're going through this pandemic Different things are coming every day. Freaking every week it was something different. Yep. You know? Every
0: day, every hour. Oh my
1: one day everyone's gonna die. The next week it's a civil war. Then ne- I mean, Lord. It was 2020 was I, wild. I
0: feel like twenty twenty was like ten years I like condensed in one. And I feel like still twenty twenty one. We've experienced five years. Uh, it's so much happening.
1: It is wild.
0: Did you always look at things, like whenever you look at things, do you always look at things of like, okay, like what can I do to fix it? Or were you in the past stagnant at one point And was there a moment that you're like, I have you had a switch moment that you just change your personality, the way you process things, the way you look at things.
1: Uh, so in that process of, you know, looking back and how could I fix this or how could I do this? And, and what's great is... I go a different place every week and, and I do teach a lot of different courses to different you know government agencies, but by the same token, a lot of times I'm teaching the same thing week after week. Different audience gets to tell the same jokes, which is my favorite part of it. Different jokes, same audience, or whatever, same same jokes, different audience. That doesn't mean they all go the same. You know, I'll, I'll go to to one city with one department or one agency one week and teach the course. And it's great. And they are one of the groups that just is all about Bill at the end of it. You know, like foam fingers, cheers when I walk it, Everything's fantastic. You would think I'm a celebrity. Go the next place and it's like, okay, you know, that was good. Thanks for coming. You know, very different. Maybe I'm, I'm dramatizing that a little bit. It
0: sounds about Norm, though, whenever you change groups because you don't know the environment that they yeah, work at. You don't sure.
1: know. Sure. So then my, my analytical process is going back. and What was different? You know, sure, the group was different, but I should, as as the expert, quotations around that, sure, I should be able to adapt and move strategically through whatever the group dynamic is to produce the same result. Because ultimately, any of these clients are bringing me in for a result. Yeah. If they just wanted the material, they would have they issued everyone a book and said, go read it, have fun. That's not why I was brought in. You know, I was brought in to teach the material in a way that connected with and got through to everyone why we should do this or why we should change our way of thinking uh, around this kind of concept or model. So, what did I do different? Was it was it more energy? Was it less energy? Was it um, even my presentation of it? Did yeah. I skip something? Sometimes, uh, if I go weeks teaching the same thing, I'll forget. That I haven't taught this concept here, and I just assume everyone knows it. That doesn't go so well, and you gotta kind of back up, and you look a little silly.
0: So uh, a lot of people, whenever if you're working like public speaking, or if you're a trainer, if you're a coach, everything changed virtually. But um, something that I want to ask you too, because you're an expert at it, is what's the time frame that goes behind doors of you preparing for a training material? Let's say a training of a full eight hours for a day, right? What's the back end of it? Because I feel like sometimes uh, people that get the training don't really appreciate the hard work that the trainee put ahead of time. So can you walk us through what's the preparation on the back end? Like how long does it take you? I might
1: might be the worst person to ask on this because I am so so into the idea of being able to adapt and adjust fire. And I say that because I know I'm going to get a thousand questions if I'm not careful. So I want to design my teaching into a kind of funnel so that I know more or less the the kind of left and right boundaries of the questions I'm going to get so that we can set up more scenarios that not only answer those questions, Mm -hmm. but demonstrate the outcomes, right? And there's a lot of times where, you know, I'll set up a scenario, hey, we're, we're going to do X, Y, and Z, and... They want to ask a thousand questions like, guys, listen, I would rather spend 10 minutes running this exercise than spend 10 minutes answering questions because every single question you guys have right now, you're about to answer for yourself, plus the 10 others that you haven't thought of yet. And we're going to run this exercise a bunch of times and we'll throw in different variables along mm. the way. You know, that's, that's another part of how I design any of these training methodologies that are that, training sessions really is I've got my scenario, but it's not like scenario one, scenario two. It's like scenario one A, scenario one B. It's the same thing. Yeah. We just make slight adjustments because one, I don't think anyone's going to get anything we do right the first time. Two, if we're not adapting and changing it to really get the lesson through, then I'm not sure we've we've taught anyone anything other than how to do this, this one dumb exercise. You know, one of... One of the ones I've been doing with a lot of groups lately. It's, it's kind of a dumb one. You might have seen a similar approach before. I don't think the exercise on its on its face value is unique or different mm-hmm. or anything. Because Lord knows I stole it from someone else. This works with kids, works with adults. You know, you, you get everyone, and, and the instructions are simple. Everyone's got a piece of paper and some kind of writing device. And I, some of these things are purposely ambiguous because I want them to have to think about these things later. Piece of paper, some kind of writing device. Everyone's going to sit in these chairs. You're you're basically uh, against the person's back in front of you. I'm going to sit at the very back. I'm going to draw a picture on their back. Yeah. They're going to feel it, draw it on the next guy's back. So however many guys you got, five, ten, whatever, you can see how this goes. It's a visual. That sounds like a
0: TikTok it's challenge. A, it's a visual <laughs> okay. game of telephone,
1: right? So yeah. if, if I draw a house on the first guy, by the time it gets up to the front guy, it's it's just unrecognizable completely, just random lines. So, the message of this is not what you might think it is. It's not about communication, really not. It's not about attention to detail either. Yeah, Some I was guys thinking the attention to detail. I'm not saying you can't get those things out of it, but again, if we ran this thing once, okay, take what you will out of it. Let's go to the next thing. You learned nothing, okay. So here's my whole, m- the next phase. So we're going to do the thing again. Um, who was set up for the most success on this exercise? The guy right in front of me. The guy that got the information first. Yeah. Who was set up the worst for this exercise? The guy in the very front. Because he had to get it through however many people. Like, that guy's going to fail. No matter what, let's make this clear. Whoever sits here is going to fail. All right, so change seat. let's do it again. And then I'll look around and see where everyone went. And it's like, why are you fools not fighting for that front chair? What are you doing? Why are you sitting up front? You knew that was the worst seat. And their hands up, oh, I don't know. Listen, if you don't set yourself up for success, you're not going to set the next guy up for success. Yes, teamwork's great. Yes, looking out for your buddy. All these things still apply, but if you don't take care of yourself and be sure you're getting this, we're at a loss. So I'll do it again. And, you know, kind of similar results. Again, the, the first guy up, you know, I'll draw a smiley face. I mean, simple images. Yeah. Not that I'm an artist either. Uh, but that next guy's gonna going to get it and then it goes forward and now it's, it's nothing. So it's like, okay, how can we make this better? How can we get through this better? Someone will say, oh, well, can we talk? I never said you couldn't. I gave you the exact rules. The rules were simple. Draw the person's back in front of you. Paper. Writing device. Oh, guy with a freaking marker's not going so well. Oh, guy with a mechanical pencil not going so well. How can we make this better? Set yourself up for success. Right? The military has this really cool term that I try to apply. Prepping the battle space. <laughs> and, and essentially it's just kind of getting everything set up in your favor. Yeah. Right? And that's... I give a longer definition and a longer kind of explanation of that. But the bottom line is you keep running this. We'll run it four or five times because I want to make my point. If you don't ensure you're getting this, you can't pass it on to the next guy. You can't just be a a, a go through like, oh, you, you read the board and pass the information on. That's, that's BS. That doesn't help anyone. So they'll get to a point where they'll realize, wait, there's no real rules. I just need to get this thing done. Then they figure out why don't we just watch Bill draw it I'm the like, guy in the back, and then we'll get back in line and then draw the same picture, you know. That's
0: well. It's kind of interesting that you bring that example because a lot of people, whenever they want to be successful, they want to be good. They also sometimes wait for the perfect or the right resources from other individuals instead of taking ownership hundred percent on their own. Especially COVID, I feel I love this expression that I read. It's like if 2020 didn't bring the hustle in you, it's not in you. Because you want to make sure you get all the resources possible, but sometimes we do live it up to the other person. Or, like, the guy in the front, they already know that that's going to be the one that is going to suck. It's not going to be the perfect one. But they just take that. So why don't you change it? Exactly.
1: And if you're the guy that got stuck in the front, look, someone's got to be there. Uh, You already know. Like, you already
0: know the final result. You got dealt the
1: bad hand.
0: So do a reverse engineering.
1: Right? Help yourself, because... Look, I don't, I don't trust whoever's behind me, freaking John behind me. Like, okay, I know he's not going to help me out that much. What am I doing? Um, So many people are waiting to just be spoon fed stuff. And and what I need in in anything I'm teaching, I need not just dynamic people, but people that are going to take initiative. Yeah. Is that unique in what I teach versus any company in America? I don't think so. You know, so I want to see people moving and thinking and doing. You know, and I'm going to keep harping on the ones that are being dumb about it.
0: But let me ask you this, though, because this is a great exercise, and I'm sure you do a lot of other exercises. But kind of relating back to your personal growth professionally, where would you say you were, like, five to, like, ten years ago when it comes to training and coaching? And where do you think you are now? And what specifically did you use to scale and develop yourself to be the master that you're at right now? Because you weren't born like oh, this. Oh,
1: I, I feel like I've, I've come light years. I mean... Maybe every two years, it's like a complete redesign evolution. Because, again, after every mission, I, I do my own after-action report. I do look at it and say, okay, how was this good so or bad? So
0: you do an evaluation of oh hundred
1: time. Oh, percent 100%. And usually it's good now. Don't get me wrong. I mean, every yeah. once in a while, it's like, man, you know, this particular exercise didn't go as well as other places. Like, what was different? Did I explain it different? Did I say something different? Did I not... Uh, harp on on this or that, you know, so I I do try to look at that day by day so that I can keep evolving and figure out better ways to do it because whether it was scenarios or games or whatever from five years ago, I found better ways or I evolved them, you know, to better teach the examples I want to teach because none of these things I'm doing for fun, none of these things... Do you
0: read a lot of books too?
1: I do a lot of audiobooks. I want to pretend like I'm a great reader, but...
0: Well, I do audiobooks a lot, too. Especially, yeah,
1: being on planes and and always just just moving, audiobooks are just so much better for me. So yeah, I got got an Audible subscription, and and I go through a couple books a month like that. Um, Some of them, of course, are other people teaching stuff, psychology. Sports psychology really resonates well with me.
0: Sports psychology? Sports psychology,
1: yeah, because you're trying to get performance out of someone.
0: That is interesting that you say that, because I was listening to an interview recently, and Mm -hmm. there was this big entrepreneur... Um, and he said, I was struggling to find the right therapist for me. He said, so I went to regular therapist. Mm-hmm. And then I went to an entrepreneur therapist. And he said, nothing worked but a sports therapist worked for me. Because in sports, you have to think quick. You have to time management. You have to mm-hmm. do everything. He said, that's the type of uh, therapist that worked the best for me. So that's interesting that you say that. So sports psychology. I feel like I need to look into that because it's a, a whole nother, like world untapped.
1: Right. I mean... That makes total sense to me. I don't know exactly why. Like, I'm not a therapist. Uh, everything I teach, I think I teach tactics. Okay. There, there's there's strategy and there's tactics. Strategy is the big picture. Tactics are kind of the, as things evolve and change, okay, now I've got to go right, what do I have to do? Now I've got to go left, what do I have to do? Still falling within that same greater big picture mm-hmm. strategy. You know, and, and with strategy and tactics comes tools. I think those are kind of the three big things. With that, I've got to be able to navigate through any scenario. Everyone gets stuck on the strategy. Oh, we, we want to go here. We want to do this. I mean, find your own business examples for for your goals. Goals and, and strategy are kind of the same thing in a lot of ways because it's big picture. Yeah. What are the steps I'm going to take along the way? And when this happens or doesn't happen, how am I going to adapt and fix it? Do I have the knowledge to do so? You know? I drove down here. I drove drove about an hour, right? I could have got a flat tire, right? Strategy, big picture, drive down, see Romana do podcast. Check. Get a flat tire along the way. Okay. I've I've forecasted this as a possibility. I've got the tools required in my car. I know how to use them. If I get a flat tire, I know I will pull over where it is safe. I will change said tire, and I will get back on the road. Yeah. I'm not going to get a flat tire and sit there and go, okay, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Eventually, I guess you'll figure it out or I'm, you'll, or you'll starve on the side of the road. I'm not sure.
0: Well, I'm laughing here cause my car is a running joke with my family and friends cause you can find literally everything in my car. Mm-hmm. You can find the equipment to change the tire. You can find glue. You can find scissors. You can find a flashlight. Um, you can find, mm-hmm. you know, anything. You can find a book. You can find a blanket. Like, my car is the one-stop shop, so whenever we go places, because yeah. I think, I'm like, what might I need? If something happens, I might need this. So, I have a blanket, because I think if a flat tire, if it's cold, I want I don't want to be cold. If I'm stuck somewhere, I have a blanket. Mm-hmm. I have a glue if I need to put something together, a flashlight if I get, like, my brain goes like that, too. So, it's just kind of funny that you're like, okay, yeah, you, you prepare for it, because a lot of people don't prepare for it until it happens, and they're like, oh, I'm stuck now.
1: Yeah. Like, they and, and don't they think freeze. of the,
0: the exit strategy before even getting into the plan. Because mm-hmm. I feel like you have to create an exit strategy with everything.
1: you you got to plan all these things. And any of these scenarios aren't necessarily different than anything else in life. You know, um, I've got my plan. I've got my alternatives. Uh, how, how thought out each of those alternatives is is certainly going to vary. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I'm going to be able to get through whatever the obstacle is to accomplish the mission. Um, and I think that's where life will get kind of lost, or they get they get so stuck in this is the only way to do it, or this is the only way we've all this is the way we've always done it, right? Um, that is the most toxic thing I've ever heard, um, and we don't get anywhere. Yeah, we accomplish nothing.
0: So I'll, I also want to get back to the books a little bit because I was having a discussion with one of my friends, and I found it very weird that she doesn't think the same. So I really want to see like how you think. Okay. Whenever you read a book or you hear a book, do you see a movie? in your brain or do you hear somebody telling you the story and you feel like you're just watching it or do you play a whole movie in front of your eyes when you're reading or hearing a book?
1: I don't know that I play a movie. I, I think that uh, I make a lot of relations as I read and or as I listen to an audio book, a lot of relations and I think back at something similar that happened to me. Uh, so those are always running through my mind and I'll, yeah. I'll pause a lot or sometimes I, I stop it and like write down a quote. Um, Cause I get a lot of good quotes from books. I mean, yes, a lot of good stuff that I want to look back on. Like I've been trying to get better about just taking notes from books so that I have kind of the information and what I learned. I don't lose it. Um, but I don't know if I see a movie or not. But I definitely my brain is very active. And if it's not going to be active, then I, then I don't want to do it. Yeah. Because I'm not listening to a book for entertainment. Like I don't listen to nonfiction books. Um, or excuse me, I don't listen to fiction books. I only listen to nonfiction because I'm I'm trying to, to learn and grow from it.
0: That's interesting. I was doing more research I said only 26% of the population sees a movie in their head, and I'm one of those people. So, like, I, I read business books and personal development and personal growth a lot, mm-hmm. but I still see a movie, and the main character of the book, it's me, which is weird. And I'm really trying so to... So it's good books,
1: good movies. Yeah, well, I'm <laughs> trying
0: to find the people like that have the same perception whenever they read, they see a movie in their brain. So I just was really wondering. But before we do kind of steer gears here into, you know, the outdoors, how you were able to adjust with everything since you love outdoors and (laughs) you kind of stuck. Flip it, flip it. Um, If you were, let me ask you this too, though. If you were stuck in an island and you had to choose one book, one album, and one movie, what did you choose? Oh, this is
1: on the spot. This is on the spot. Um, Guys, he he has no idea what
0: questions I'm going to ask him. I just gave him highlights. I think
1: he's going to be embarrassed. I'll start with most embarrassing first. Okay. Uh, I'll go with the album. I'm going to pick a Ja Rule album, because I am the biggest closet Ja Rule fan ever. Okay. Um, definitely go on Ja Rule album on that. Um, which one? The Mirror, which no one has, because that was not a popular album. That was way after his career crashed. Um, you said book and movie? Book and movie. Book and movie. My favorite. This is also embarrassing. I'm just going to drop all the embarrassing stuff what? now. Favorite movie that I could watch all day long? Armageddon.
0: Okay. Armageddon
1: all day long. I could watch Armageddon. Love every second of that movie. Embarrassing. <laughs> um, favorite book? I mean, if I was, on, if I was stuck in a desert island, I feel like I'd probably pick some kind of survival... Uh, survival you
0: book? You know, that's
1: probably not in the spirit of the exercise, though. <laughs> um, I, I know the book that resonated... The most with me that really kind of changed my perspective the most on life was uh, Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. I haven't um, read that one. I Outliers can't like can't it. recommend it enough. I've probably physically read it six or seven times. Listen to the audio book, probably close to ten. Um, okay. Yeah, really love that book. Um, I've listened to all, or, or read or listened to all of his his books. Uh, minus his, he just came out with a brand new one. Um, different levels of liking each one, but yeah. outliers I can listen to um I I could listen to that again hundred percent it just changed my outlook so much, uh, on life. And that's where you get like the ten thousand hour rule and you know, why guys like Bill Gates were, were successful, how they were kinda set up for success. Um, why hockey players that are born in January dominate the NHL, whereas hockey players that are born, you know, in months after July just do not exist professionally.
0: Anything
1: special about June people? <laughs> uh, so it comes down to the way that uh, kids are kids play sports, especially yeah. like up in Canada with hockey. Kids that are born in January, like the, the the birthdays cut off by the year, basically. So the kids that are born in January get that much more play time, that much more experience because they're just that much older than the next group.
0: Huh, that's really interesting. I definitely want to read this book. Yeah. Sounds, I, I remember reading an article recently how I was talking about people that are Geminis, people born in June, they're really great communicators and great at sales. And I'm like, mm-hmm. hello. <laughs> it, it goes perfect. Because I right. said, like, just the, you know, the personality matches a lot, or for public speaking. Like, June people, they're, they're really good at it. Mm-hmm. So I definitely want to look more into it. But let's dive in a little bit into. Bill being stuck inside <laughs> during COVID, um, I get energized from sunsets. I get energized from road trips, from hopping in the car and just going places. And you are the same. How did you handle it? Because I was struggling with it. But how did you handle it?
1: I I, I was fortunate in that with the uh, the work I was doing in Jackson with uh, with some different agencies, we were we were still out. We were out in public. Didn't know if we were gonna die or not, but. I was fortunate that I wasn't truly stuck inside. Everyone else was, so yeah. I still didn't get any social contact. I still didn't get any of that. Um, I definitely got some got, got refocused on some hobbies. You know, I, I really like cooking and stuff, so focused in more on that. You but like cooking? Yeah. Okay. You see my Instagram. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, I Come do. On. I do.
0: It, it, you. What did you make last night? Last, it was, last night it was I the ribs
1: yeah last night I did um I did some braised beef ribs, short I feel ribs.
0: like, man you should just invite me over I'll bring the food <laughs> you just do the cooking I'll bring the food
1: yeah we, we did that last night um yeah probably probably once a week third third I'm pretty good nice um you know gotta gotta show my girlfriend that I, um, I'm worth keeping around
0: that's new also <laughs> in your life I remember whenever you won the the Word that I announced it, which mm. by the way, uh, congratulations again on, on winning the top 100 episodes. That's thank you, thank you, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I remember, didn't you repost like something she said? Oh, I had to check out if this guy was a real deal. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> she, she
1: wanted me to say something to you while I was here, too. She's like, Thanks for helping a girl out. Because uh, <laughs> I feel
0: like I'm Cupid in this well, uh,
1: position. We, we, we met, you know, we, we met online. Every, everyone mm. meets online now, it's not weird, it's not weird. Everyone mm. does that, yes, yeah, um, everyone does. It would be really easy for someone to say they've done the things that I've done and be lying. Yeah. Very easy. And I'm, and I'm kind of larger than life and, char- and uh, real charismatic anyway, which, you know, very easily fits in line with, like, a con artist. It is what it is. Um, so, you know, she, she definitely wanted to research me and stuff and see if I was, you know, the real deal. Um, and she did, uh, I don't know if she came across your podcast or if, if I sent it to her. But
0: My SEOs like, are on point, man. She
1: can just Google you. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> Even though which your one name was. is
0: very normal.
1: Right, right, right. So uh, she she found that, and then there's a couple other podcasts I'm on, and she's like, oh, "Okay, this this guy,
0: like,
1: he actually is real. He's a real person." Nice. So she, she wanted to send her, her thanks and gratitude to I'm
0: you. glad I could help, <laughs> help on uh, the whole setup. But that's awesome. That's really good. Yeah. So you have a new and exciting life, I would say. Uh, you know, relationship. We're cooking a lot. You're re-strategizing everything in your life. Yep.
1: I'm finally getting ready to get back on the road. And I mean, I've, I've really kind of rethought out and restructured a lot of my business and stuff like yeah. that. Because I was so blessed before that I've been doing this for a while. I did zero marketing. I did zero kind of everything. So you had to
0: re-strategize. I just around. get
1: phone calls. You know, hey, let's do this. Boom, on the calendar. Paid, done. Uh, now I've got to fill the calendar back up. Um, you know, getting a lot more new clients because my my previous clients, you know, they, they want to work in this particular month and do these particular things. So if it's a client I normally work with in uh, April like we're in right now, I ain't going to see them till next year. Yeah. Like, they're not going to...
0: It's a yearly thing.
1: Well, plus, with all the other things that just have to get done that haven't gotten done the last year, you know, it is what it is. So, a uh, lot more new clients, which I'm excited about, and a lot more new places is what that also means, which I'm excited about. So, like, the, the whole month of June, I'm gone. July, we're going to be traveling, me and the girl. We got, uh, we got passes through the Wonderland Trail around Mount Rainier, so that's been on her bucket list for a long time that's Suppose, supposedly it's really hard to get passes uh, with my dumb luck of course I got passes uh, we entered the lottery and got them so and then she was able to, to strategize a way to ensure we had campsites to be able to do the full trail which is kind of the next great hoop to jump through so we're set to do that at the end of July nice um that'll be it'd be nice to be back in the wilderness a little bit you know be, be a little a little cold, a little tired, a little hungry. It's probably a good thing to be... Uh,
0: it's been a minute. You haven't been out hiking and... Not so much. Not so much. And, yeah. not so
1: much. Um,
0: but you still have your gear, though, from the Appalachian Trail, right? Oh, yeah. I
1: still have all my gear from the Appalachian Trail. It's all still good with very few exceptions. Like, my air mattress wasn't good anymore, but I spent I spent a lot of a lot of money on some well-researched things. Mm-hmm. Um, My friend Rob did all the research on that. Really appreciate him. But, you know, I I got the good gear that was light and that my goal was to be able to use it again afterwards. Why spend all this money to use it for for a single trip, even if that single trip is the Appalachian Trail? Yeah. Um, So, no, I still have all that gear. And she's got a bunch of gear. She actually likes doing outside stuff. Every girl says they like going on adventures and... Going outside Until or you actually
0: go outside, yes.
1: Right. If your definition of outdoors is drinking on a patio, then yeah. it's not not going to work no, out No, I, so well. I know.
0: A lot of my friends would be like, oh, yeah, let's go camping. Let's do this. I'm like, guys, I have it planned out. You know, it's reserved. Let's go here at the stars. Yep. We got this. And they get canceled last minute. I'm like, you guys just slacking. Yeah. Like, when I'm talking about outdoors, I'm talking about let's go. Like, get in the car. I'm packed. Let's go. So, yeah, a lot of girls do say that they're outdoors and they're just, like, sitting there and just drinking their coffee uh, in look, a park. But I'm like, no, that's not really As happens. with most
1: things in life, people like the idea yeah. of something a lot more than the reality of it. But I
0: feel like being outdoors, though, camping and everything, built a whole different resilience in you because you have to do so much planning ahead of time. If, let's say, you're going camping for, like, five or six days, right? Mm-hmm. You have to do so much planning ahead of time that you think have to think about the food, the the liquids that you need with you. Yep. The tent, everything. It's so much plenty.
1: And at the end of the day, you can only carry so much stuff, which is a a great kind of limiting factor in all of your thought process. You know, what am I willing to carry and what am I willing to go without? And that was a huge consideration on the Appalachian Trail. Yeah. Um, I had my pack weight down with two liters of water and five days of food when I started at 25 pounds, which is pretty good, Um, especially with the food and water. By the time I think the last time I got my pack weighed was in Vermont, probably right before right before Maine at one of the hostels. I wear I, weigh, I weigh, if I could talk. I got I got it weighed out uh, with food and water. Had it down to seventeen pounds. So you know, there's great that I'd send a lot of my I'd, I got rid of my stove and stuff by then. Whatever, but um, you learn what you really need and what you don't need. What's a luxury? What's you know. And everyone's got their luxury items. My luxury items uh, that I had was uh, an extra, extra uh, charging battery for my phone.
0: I was going to say, something probably with the battery or the phone. Yeah,
1: because I, I want to take the pictures, and I yeah. had my phone on for um, uh, podcasts and audiobooks the whole time. Yep. So, I mean, in airplane mode, it'll last a couple days if you're not doing anything other than listening to, to, to music and stuff. It'll go for a while.
0: So, before we jump to, like, the closing questions, if somebody wants to go outdoors or start experiencing, what did you say would be, like, the first baby step to do so? Would you say, like, maybe going camping one night outside or just kind of getting yeah, used so to there's, the there's, nature? So, there's,
1: there's KOAs everywhere, you know? KOA? Um, KOA, yeah. What, what does it stand for? Camp, Camp in of America? App.
0: Oh, because um, you have the apps, too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah,
1: I mean, there's, there's campsites you can go to that aren't super far in the woods that, you know, have numbered spots and have showers and bathrooms yeah. i mean don't get me wrong yeah i would i would rather go on a on a backpacking trip where i'm carrying everything and going somewhere cool but i, I also have, you know at this point i've hiked the Appalachian trail like I've, I've done that many times now uh for days on end months on end and that you can start small yeah do something uh even if it's just car camping where you, you bring all your stuff you unload the car you sleep in a tent you grill outside as with anything, there there are levels to this. Yeah. Just because you want to go outside doesn't mean you have to, you know, go hike the Appalachian Trail. That's that's an extreme, uh, an extreme that I wouldn't do again. It was it was fun once. I don't need to do what that did you, again.
0: What did you learn from
1: it? From the Appalachian Trail?
0: Yeah. Like. Ooh. Cool.
1: Um, the most important lesson that I think is still super pertinent. You know, so I, so I threw hiked in 2000 and what was it 19? 2019? We're yeah. in 2021, yeah. Yeah, it's how flies. I had to think about that. I
0: feel like we're still stuck in 2020, uh, different versions. Well,
1: well, 2019, there was still a lot of the same bad stuff you see on the news. Mm-hmm. Turn the news on, watch for five minutes. The same exact You'll stuff get depressed. was going on. Yep. The exact same stuff. The world's on fire. Everything's awful. I spent 102 days back in the Appalachian Trail, walking from Georgia to Maine. The Appalachian Trail is a team effort. You don't know who your teammates are until you meet them, but it's a team effort. You meet people along the way because you got to hitchhike into town to resupply. You got to, you know, do do some other things where you you end up meeting and, and needing people to help you out. Level of need varies, I suppose. But what I can tell you is, in that time hiking from Georgia to Maine, I met a lot of people of every color, every religion. Every sex, all however many genders there are, all of them, met them all. Um, I didn't see a single negative thing like you see on the news. I didn't see a single bit of it. Um, I saw people that would go out of their way to help strangers. I saw people that were just super interested and talkative and, you know, not just wanted to help but wanted to encourage and that wasn't just for me. I think that was kind of everyone's experience. Again, people of every race, religion, down the line. I didn't see anything negative. I didn't see any of that stuff on the news. I, I do not believe when you turn on the news that that is America. I believe what I saw on the Appalachian Trail is not just America, but is the American spirit and the values we have as Americans. Um. I wish everyone could just experience that. I wish they could turn the TV off and really see how great strangers, stranger danger. I wish everyone could see how great the strangers in America are because there is still no other country I want to live in. No other, no place I would rather be than right here.
0: And you were born and raised here. Born, and born, born I, and raised. I don't want to live in America either. So we're in the same place <laughs> right, right, for I that mean, one. I,
1: I've, I've been around, you know, 20 something countries, I guess. Uh, almost every state. So I feel like my my opinion has a little bit of, of weight to it. Yeah. But the bottom line is, this is such an amazing, great place to be. And I, I just wish more people could get out of not just their, you know, their small towns or wherever they're from, but out of their social circles, out of their uh, all that and see it. Because there's there's not a lot of social media when you're in the middle of nowhere. It's great how that uh, just funnels all of your focus Uh, into what really matters and what's really important you know you turn the news on and what's happening in in a state across the country it can be good or it can be bad but how much does that really relate to where you are right now you know we kind of forget those things so I'm so
0: glad I asked that question because I love it and that's so true though because unfortunately we get influenced a lot by what's in the media that being the digital media or tv like Mm -hmm. I don't even have tv in my house like that's just a big no for me because I feel like it's a waste of time. It's a waste of money. Yep. And all they care about it's rating. They don't really care about educating the population and actually giving the right resources. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people... And then also another thing, if I'm looking at media, if I'm looking at TV, I would watch international media channels. And one of my biggest things is if I um if I watch international channels, I want to hear from leaders of different countries mm-hmm. from the international channels, not specifically from Fox, CNN, MSNBC, all that fun stuff. Like I want to hear international.
1: Yeah. That's
0: the route that I go at least. Uh, but a lot of people focus on just media to affect their their thinking, yeah. their decision. Their,
1: it, it was cool. Um, so the Appalachian Trail, like I I've always known about it. Grew up on the East Coast. It's, it's yeah, not all that far away, but it's. There's some kind of asterisk that goes with it. it's the longest hiking trail in the world that's only hikable. There's some kind of asterisk that goes with it that makes it the longest, whatever. So there was tons of people from other countries that came here just to hike the Appalachian Trail. And, you know, they saw America on TV for for everyone that I can think of off the top of my head that I met from another country, which was a lot. It was their, their first time pretty much here, except for a couple Canadians. Uh, it was their first time really here, and you know they thought it was what they saw on the news, and you know they were, I think, pleasantly surprised that uh, America is not the negatives you see on the news. It's it's so much more, just positive, awesome stuff. Yeah. So. No,
0: that's know. very true. And I before I moved to uh, to America, I would see like all the crazy that's going on, but then I got a. I lived here for like three months. First time I lived in America, I was like, nope, that's not it at all. I I won there. (laughs) Mom, dad, I know I'm underage, but I am moving there. I don't care. (laughs) Uh,
1: I mean, it's great. And, you know, when you first start hiking, like, there's people that want to talk about politics, and uh, every political spectrum is well represented. Yeah. Um, Everyone's immediate response is, I don't want to talk about politics. Uh, So, I don't know, a week, two weeks in, there's zero of that. And unless it's That's really amazing. on the news, you don't, nothing. It's amazing.
0: Politics is something else.
1: <laughs> it's not helping. You know, it's, it's not, not, it's not helping.
0: I feel like if we as individuals ourselves help one another through a podcast episode, sharing our opinions or through being, a, you know, a friend or a, co- a good colleague to listen to each other and be there for each other, we don't really care about politics. And, you know, as long as we're good. Internally, then politics, is, it's always going to be up and down. That's the reality of it.
1: Right. I mean, I hope one of the takeaways from you know, 2020 and the pandemic is you turn on the TV and everything was awful. Yes. The, the most awful. I mean, it's always been awful when you watch the news. If it bleeds, it leads. I get it. But I don't know. There was a single day in 2020 you turn on the news and it wasn't the world is ending, the sky is falling. Um, I, I hope everyone got the takeaway of, you know, look, look around. Look to your left, look to your right. It's not as bad as it sounds, and you're gonna get through this. You know, we're all gonna make it through this um, because that's, just, that's the way it's gonna go. The world's not gonna end. Um, we're not getting invaded by another country. We're not having a civil war. All, the, all these, you know, ridiculous ideas are, are just that. They're ridiculous ideas that, unfortunately, you know, social media has given people uh, courage to type into a keyboard because there's no repercussions. That, that doesn't mean those opinions have any weight or value whatsoever you know words on the computer don't mean a whole lot look to your left look to your right what yeah. do you really see
0: do do so. the research look at it get a full yeah. you know digestion of perception yeah. oh my goodness okay well again congratulations uh how do you feel winning the uh, i'm the honored last...
1: i will uh i'll take my trophy <laughs> we'll get a picture uh i'll, I'll definitely put it in a uh, in a place of honor in my office um it'll definitely stand out you know i don't have any other uh you know, awards that look like that. I got a lot of patches and a lot of challenge coins, but
0: yes, you do have a lot of those, but that would be something different. Absolutely. Definitely
1: different. I'll definitely get a lot of questions about that.
0: Well, uh the wrapping questions, everybody's aware, and yes, we still have the very last question. It's always the same. I
1: gotta get that get the answer again. Though I don't, I don't remember what I said the first well, time. Well, it'd be
0: interesting. You can listen to the previous episode and this Ooh. one and see if it's the same. Ooh. So okay. I I will skip the uh, what's a new and exciting thing that you're working on because you just shared it with us. Yeah, you're be on the road. Yep. Where can people connect with
1: you? Uh, so I've got an Instagram. It's just my name. It's it's Bill Owen. B I L L O W E N, not plural. I am but one person. Um, you can find my, my blog that I occasionally write on. I'm not going to plug yeah, it too much.
0: Yeah, you're slacking on
1: that. Ah, <laughs> I mean, there's not been a lot of cool stuff going on, but, uh, my blog's called Allergic to Boredom. You, you Google that and find it. Uh, that, that is how I view myself as being totally allergic to boredom. Yeah. Um, and I will die if I get too bored. So.
0: Well, you have the shark. I remember last time you had the shark tooth too. Yeah, I got a shark tooth tattoo. too <laughs> sharks,
1: sharks have to keep moving. Otherwise, they'll die. All right. You ready for this? So. Lay it, I'm sitting down, go for it.
0: What is your definition of success?
1: My definition of success, man. I'm still pausing, I'm still, you know, punning it down the line so I can think of something meaningful. I think too many people put too much stock in one area of their life to measure success. People put so much stock in their career or their job or, or their, their title that goes on their business card, Right. And that's how they measure success. I think success really should rather be a metric of happiness. It's not about how much money you have, but it is about the value that you have, not only in yourself, but with your family uh, and with everyone around you, that value and that stock that keeps you happy and keeps you moving. You know, it it doesn't take a lot of money to be happy. It, it doesn't. You know, and I, I used to be one of those people that, you know, had the little slogan, well, I've never seen someone crying on a jet ski. Okay, you're missing the point. You're really missing the, the the boat there, pun intended. I hiked the Appalachian Trail for 100 days. We didn't have any of that. And we were freaking ecstatic every day. You know, we've been in this pandemic for a year. Maybe the end is in sight. Maybe it's not. I, I don't know if I can predict the future. I've got a couple nefarious ideas I'd love to move forward with. But here we are. Um... We're going to keep moving forward based on what's around us, based on what we've created. And that's what we need to be successful is to cultivate all those relationships and all those different paths. So that's, that's what I got. I think I kind of rambled a little bit. but No,
0: it's what, you, what I'm thinking while you answer that. I'm thinking about diversification of your happiness and of your life. So it's not just focusing on your title or in your career or in your, your personal relationships. Mm-hmm. It's being happy and being satisfied in different areas of your life because life is complicated and you have different branches that you can branch off, you know, yeah. where you can find happiness. So once you're happy, parallel in multiple ones, you'd feel more satisfied, more fulfilled inside. That's what then that made me think of. I mean, it's
1: like that John Lennon quote, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And he said, happy. Yeah. Um, that, that's how I feel still. I mean, every day I'm striving for happiness. You know, don't get me wrong, my tank is pretty full. Yeah. But, you know, whether it's, you know, things that make me happy or motivation or whatever, it's it's a lot like showering. You got to kind of do something every day. Yep. You got to do it every day because it will wear off quick if you don't.
0: Love it. Yep, so. that's so true. Bill, thank you so, so much again for being part of
1: Coffee with
0: Romina. I almost back. said RM podcast
1: <laughs> Throwback.
0: <laughs> Throwback. Coffee with Romina is the new podcast name. Make sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you are getting your podcast juice from. Make sure to go ahead and give us a five-star review in there and tell us how amazing we're doing. I mean Bill tell them
1: we're doing really good, right? We're doing really good. Look at how look at how far we've come from <laughs> episode 44 that I was on originally. You know, fast forward what 50-something episodes, 60 episodes, and the sounds totally different. I thought my podcast before was great, and now I'm you know listening back to it compared to what you've done lately. and I'm like, man, that the professionalism is up, things Ramina's doing, the guests she's getting. I mean, well, I was like a low tier guest, like now I'm, I'm competing against some giants. She's gotten an interview lately, so hopefully, I can hold my own. I'm glad I got a little subtext of uh, most downloaded. Hopefully, back in a hundred episodes as the continued reigning champion of downloads. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see.
0: So here's the deal. Once once we hit 1,000 episodes, I know I want to do a conference. Okay. With, a, with some selected guests from everything. So you have to come and speak and have your trophy. Uh,
1: threaten me with a good time. All yeah, right.
0: exactly. But, I, I mean, I do want to get at least 1,000 episodes out there. Um, America has Joe Rogan. Albania has Romina. But watch out, with Joe Rogan. I mean, we're in America. So, <laughs> I'm just saying. Anyways, Bill, again, thank you so, so much for being a part of the podcast. Hey,
1: rock and roll. It's awesome having us talking to you.
0: Absolutely. You guys make sure, again, to hit the subscribe button. Uh, Go ahead and look at the show notes for Bill's Instagram link. So for you, my lazy listeners, it's only a tap away. cannot get easier than that. And until next episode, I hope you guys have a fabulous and a tremendous day, time, week, whatever time of the day you're actually listening to this episode as well. Have a good one. Bye for now. This podcast is a 67 Radius production. To learn more about 67 Radius, our services, and how we can help you strategize your marketing and increase your sales, click the service tab on connectwithramina.com.